If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. All right, welcome to Coffee for Closers podcast listeners. Today we have an awesome guest. We're actually live on Instagram as well right now, powered by Collab Agents as always. So the mission and goal of Coffee for Closures is to bring as much value to the marketplace as we possibly can and or any industry, any niche, whatever we're doing, it's motivating or inspiring whoever's listening to this right now. So we do have a, a heavy business focus, of course, you know, followed by the gift of God and grace of God of, of putting us where we're at today. Mr. Adam Bailey, what does it take to, first of all, be running an organization or a group of people, you know, 2,400 agents plus, you know, mm-hmm. as, as far as one of my favorite quotes is your organizational size is a direct re- reflection of your leadership. So when you're actually like leading and guiding 2,400 people, you've got to be in a, in a different place mentally framed properly. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is uh, with our guest, Mr. Adam. Thank you for joining us, sir. What's going on in the How world? You, you know, I'll kind of pick up where you left off. You know, the size of your organization is a direct reflection of your leadership. You know, I agree with that, you know, to a certain extent. You know, what I've learned from, you know, my mentor, you know, Gerbic was, you know, I came from poverty. I came from nothing. And I had to take personal development and, and, and such seriously. And I did. And I looked at it like raw, raw or, you know, whatever, however young people could look at it, like hype or whatever. But, you know, he really got me on, you know, a path of, you know, personal development at a young age, probably like 28. 41 now and he changed my life and so you know i used to always hear him say that you know your business will never you know outgrow your personal development it'll grow in that proportionate and so i really believe your business and your leadership grows with your personal development so how you're growing personally or developing yourself will be a direct reflection of your business and then you know that really mixes in a lot of you know leadership and other things like that like i'm constantly you know working on and attempting to get better because we can sell a bunch of houses and market our ass off but you know i have you know I've, I've quickly learned as a young leader and i've always for some reason been a young leader that you know my number one focus is i have to get better at leadership you know and so going into i'm about to turn 42 you know, I'm very blessed. I'm up here in Toronto, Canada, working with agents. We're about to run some events. I'm in a, you know, a suite or whatever now. And so you got to get out here and apply yourself and demonstrate leadership. Yeah, 100%, man. We're not selling houses. I think the people that are, are at the top of the game, they're like yourself, you're not selling houses. You're not in the transactional grind. It's a lot more than finding buyers, helping them buy homes, finding sellers, helping them sell homes. Again, the people at the the top are doing media, marketing, branding, coaching, leadership. Look, so tell, tell us. Look, 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 but everybody, everybody's got it twisted, man. Like I'm going to yeah. respectfully disagree with that. I am in real estate. I am a real estate agent and I got paid on 9,600 closings. And so, yeah, we close right around 10,000 houses. It's just, I've coupled the entrepreneur spirit with, you know, the, the agent role and responsibility and we're building a business. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, the 10% only do that, you know, one out of 10 agents, maybe really one out of 20 that build at the rate, maybe one out of 100 at the level that you and I operate at. And so 
I very much look like I'm in the trenches. You know, I'm work, you know working on live and direct where I'm making calls, still monitoring calls. We still have ISAs. We're still having to generate leads like what you're saying. But yes, there's levels to the game where I'm not out there opening and closing doors, right? But if I don't have someone open and closing doors and we're not developing new talent or, you know, create more opportunity for our veterans or whatever, I mean, we're going to have to step back in our business and do that if we don't create that for other people. And so, you know, I've heard when people say, oh, you don't really sell anymore or this and that, it's like bullshit. We're moving units. This is what I'm here in Toronto doing. We're not, obviously, I got five or six agent attraction meetings and people are looking to get in business with us. I have some other ancillary businesses, you know, that I'm here working on and, you know, attempting to get off the ground. But we're here for, you know, the name of our conference is, you know, triple your leads. You know, and so it's like we're not even plugging, you know, the modelexplain.com or anything. Like we're here showing you what, you know, our individual agents are doing to sell 70 houses, what our teams are doing. Like, you know, in this market where it's tough. And so, like, I'm here right now not to recruit. We're here right now to show people how to generate leads, how to convert leads, and how to drive revenue. And to me, you know, I think this to model to agent is done. Like, you know, the way that you are going to attract people in this current market where we're at when the bullets are flying and the shit is thick. It's by having deals, not leads, no yeah. bullshit, no nothing like that. Who's got the fucking deals? And sorry to, you know, you know, drop the F-bomb, but if you know me, I take a little page from Tony Robbins. Like, when I'm passionate, I let it fly. And so if you yeah. got the deals, you're going to be able to build your organization through the production. And I know, like, there's a few other people that operate on the alpha level, you know, in the same operation, and that's been a core message of them. There's for a long time. However, that is actually true this year, where you have to shift your model to where you're going to grow through your production and so that's yep. that's why i'm here up here doing what i'm doing man no actually i love it because normally uh, i guess the reason why i kind of led with that is you have a lot of people that you know i think they also preach like getting on the business on the business on the business actually so i still damn cold calls I, I i love the doing the calls and making sure that i stay fresh with what's going on all right um i'm not i'm not above any aspect of the business and i go to remind myself but i think you hit it cool because I, I think a lot of people will kind of go to i'm on the business i'm on the business like they're above the real estate but the reality is like this entire industry is only driven through real estate which you're just pushing at a high level especially in this. so how are you moving deals in this market right now let's just go there like again it is bullets are flying like 30 percent of real estate agents i think have exited year to date and more to come thank god thank god i know Absolutely. I mean, all of the hobbyists and all the other, you know, deals that are thinned out and spread out, that's going to come back to us market leaders, you know, as we chew through this and, you know, kind of just hang in there, right? It's like, yeah, our income's down a little bit. Agents are getting out, you know, things are tough, but this is what makes champions, man. It's like, you don't have breakthroughs without getting, you know, like broke down. I mean, that's like, that, that's like, that's why it's called a breakthrough. Like something's got to break and it's usually going to break you before you have the breakthrough. You know what I mean? And so when, you know, it's just like funny when people are like, you don't, all you do, it's like, I don't recruit, man. It's like, I built an organization way through like 25 solid, like not like agents, but other businesses we got business deals done we got mergers done we got mutual agreements done with shared resources to you know get in business with people where we wouldn't get in business with them or go work for them as a traditional agent team lead whatever and vice versa but you know how we're able to get in financial alignment and rock our shit out now this this model works and so when you're asking about how we're getting deals done you know just like we've been doing for a long time you have to talk to people a lot of people oh you do this or that but would you trade spots with me like well i asked no, not you. What I'm talking to the normal person, you probably would too. I don't know where you're at. I don't know. You're highly successful too, but you know what I mean? I'd probably trade spots with you, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like, 
it's almost like they look at it like a negative. If you're building a business and you're not just in that transaction treadmill shit broke, making 70, 80,000 or, or whatever you end up even netting after all your expenses and costs and all that stuff, it's not much, man, for the shit that you got to go through. And so for me, like when people like kind of come at me or have that conversation with me, it's from a place of envy. So I try to understand, you know, where they're coming from and see if I can deposit value with them to reshape the way that they look at things because their perspective is fucked up. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of fact. And so if I could help them with their perspective to create more business, but keep their cash flow going and, you know, rising and growing and duplicating themselves, I mean, that's what it's all about. And so, you know, for us, we've, we've built call centers, had ISAs, American ones in Wichita, Kansas. You know, we've opened expansion offices. All of this stuff is independent, top 10 in the nation, like ninth to 12th rank from 2012 to 2017 in the team category and across all brokerages and all bullshit. So, you know, we've been in the internet lead generation game. I haven't been so much of a cold caller, even though when people look at our spreadsheets or our dashboard and such, they're like, dang, you're doing a lot of calls. But Mike Gerbic, the guy that changed my life, is like the one of the best marketers on the planet, if not with a, definitely top in our industry in space, um, if you ask me. And so, you know, we've been generating thousands of internet leads since IDX feeds really came out since I got in real estate in 2009, 2010. You know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, internet leads. And then, you know, obviously any lead source that you can add in, like radio, we had Fizbo's expires, all of these different pillars. However, when I'm working with, we'll just say, a wide range of people, they might be really good with their SOI or their spear, but they don't have a system to market back to those people throwing like client appreciation events and, you know, doing different things for their, you know, certain tiered, we'll just say past clients or raving fans or whatever it may be. And actually it's like, you have to invest in something. And so you might not, you know, be good at calling and sifting through PPC leads or Facebook leads or whatever. However, you could take price, way less of that same budget and market like with the full system like we have to generate more business and referrals in a very predictable manner and love on your you know your raving fans to create an army of salespeople out there that's referring you and gamifying it and running contests and things like that where you constantly have referrals coming in and you know creating that you know 100 to 150 people that like you trust you and know you and they're out there pushing your brand for you if you're not big with internet marketing and team building you know and all of that stuff so for me when you're like how, how are you selling all these these houses we're doing it in numerous different ways you know single agents you know teams lead generation just marketing back to soi you know whatever it may be we have some people like uh, up here in Toronto, you're not really supposed to call expired and FISBOs and so on and so forth because it's your data is like protected, right? And so, you know, I have a few guys up here that you got to, you know, work around how they get data and, and so on and so forth. And they're just expired and FISBO killers. Like, and they're carrying like 50 listings right now, you know, here in Toronto. And they move a lot of units and they're top players. And so, you know, don't take on everything. You know, for what I've learned from Gerbic, we put one vertical lead pillar in. And we become an expert, you know, in that pillar and get it predictable in terms of like valid conversation, client acquisition costs, you know, all of those things where it's like, okay, now we can develop people to run the system, you know, and yeah. then we can move on and add the next pillar in. And so I've always was very instrumental with, you know, dialing in our conversion and, and having a living, breathing conversion rate with every single agent. And so being able to know your numbers and understand not just your return on your investment. There's a lot more analytics that go into running a real estate, you know, business on, you know, profit and loss statement. But 
understanding how to allocate, you know, how much goes to, you know, marketing, how much should be going to staff, how much should be going to an ISA department. So you can be showing a net profitability because if you make a million dollars and you spend a million dollars, my dad told me you're still fucking broke. Yeah. With all that stress. hundred percent, man. Well, we just dove into a bunch of stuff real quick. Like where are you at? What's your market center? And, and what was your real estate career? Cause uh, you got started in like 08, 09, you said. Where's my market center? The world, bro. The world. As far as. Where's my market center? Kansas, Kansas, yeah. Wichita. Wichita, that's right. Um, yeah. Which my wife Even went to. Even though I'm to. in Toronto right now. My, my, you know, I live in Wichita, Kansas. In the summertime, I stay in Oklahoma at my lake house, work from there. Okay. Awesome, man. I'm going to be building, building a team around the lake uh, this year. It's my third year down there. I had to get a lay of the land. And so, you know, for me, I'm not necessarily chasing opportunity. I have a lot of opportunities come to me and, you know, for where I'm at, it's the power of being able to say no so I can focus on, you know, the things that I truly want in my life. And that's the hardest thing right now because people are bringing me a lot of great opportunities. I have a lot of uh, great people around me to collaborate and work with. And, yeah, I just took a few months off and I'm just getting back to work. And so it's like a muscle, you know, and so I'm, I'm up here just coming from Vegas, EXP con and, you know, getting back on the road, work, you know, working with my people. And so I feel like my market centers the world, you know, really, but where I live and, you know, I, I rebuilt a traditional team there. I own a traditional team here as well. So I'm looking at just where the opportunities are and not necessarily geographical, like, oh, that's where I'm going to go. I go where the leader is, you know, I, I like people are like, how did you get going on Toronto? It's the hardest market to get into it you made it look easy it wasn't easy i was flying in here before covid once a month sleeping on my buddy's floor or couch you know to get it going out running in a foot of snow trying to get to events and everything before covid hit and so we put a lot of hard work in and so you're gonna have to get out of your zip code you're gonna have to go work with your partners but you gotta believe in the people that you're doing this with and so you know for me he came through as a coaching client and, uh, you know, he stuck, you know, he's even like one of the first hundred agents in all of Canada. And, you know, he stuck, he stuck with it, you know, until he could believe in it. And I said, all right, uh, you know, I started flying up here and my perception of what Canada or Toronto was, was way off. I had so much to learn up here. So I made a commitment, invested money in my time up here. However, it's about the people that you're doing it with. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. And, you know, we were excited to kind of hear where you're going because it sounds like you're going everywhere. To go from getting started to all the ups and downs, like what were some of the struggles that you had to face and obstacles that you had to overcome to get to this place of leadership to where you are just absolutely on another level? My own personal self. I mean, that, I mean, that's what it is. You know, every year I've kind of struggled with something differently. This is what I tell people. This is what separates the good from the great right here. It's this little distinction right here. Life happens to all of us. You know, I lost my operation manager, you know, he just all of a sudden got sick within like 14 days, had passed away. He, he's way smarter than me. He'd been with Gerbic and I eight years, you know, broke off with me till I pulled Gerbic back out of retirement. Dude had a master's degree, worked in the military, you know, real, like no family really. So he's like all in on what we were doing day and night. Just an amazing human being. And then to like lose him nine months into, not nine months, it was probably like uh, 15 months into building uh, EXP. I was with my sweet you know, high school sweetheart, um, you know, and nine months into to rebuilding EXP, selling a company, non-competes, all the different things that I had to deal with, lawyers and so on and so forth. It took it took its toll, you know, going through a divorce after 20 years with, you know, all of a sudden, you know, and nothing major was, you know, really going on, just wanting different things out of life, you know, per se. My dad passed away of COVID within 30 days. I was in 
you know, Puerto Rico coming back and Trent, actually they gave him 14 days and he died right on that 14th day. And I was like, no way, like liver cancer, didn't drink anything. And I'm over here drinking every day, like live, like living up and whatever. And then my dad, when my dad passed away and I had some other things going on, like things were happening to all of us. You know, my mom went on hospice. I should have spoke at EXP con last year. I had to cancel because she was in you know, hospice and I didn't think she'd make it. She worked off and She's a drug addict and you know, drinks or not drug addict, alcoholic, you know, and you know, just it's like she just keeps bouncing back, you know, and now just losing like good people around me that it, it's like I feel like doing the right thing. And so then you beat yourself up or depression sets in. And, you know, I raise my son 50 percent of the time. So being present and, you know, you know do, doing the right thing. And, you know, it's like you, you name it, it's which went wrong. But a lot of people were like that are tight with me because, you know, I don't really share some, you know, some of the stories that people get, but, it, you know, Tierney, she's meeting me here in uh, Toronto. She's one of the top speakers. I mean, she has like five, 600 people with me and, you know, top team out of Dallas. And she's like, if people really knew like what you were dealing with, like the past seven years to even like get to where you're at right here with this run rate, it makes it that much better. But I told her that is what separates the good from the great. Cause can you stay, still stay focused when the world is burning down around you. And for me, what I learned a long time ago was I got to take time off because if I don't take time off and take care of my mental health, I can't really write from a dull pencil. You know what I mean? And when you're talking about vision and setting that vision and, you know, really helping other people get clarity on that mission and commit and go all in because you're not going to be balling like us if you're not all in. That's tough. You know, most people want to complain to their partners or play victim-like mentality or whatever. And I've took ownership of anything, everything. You know, I also had a relationship and some, you know, after my, my divorce, you know, been almost five years that it just, you know, had some toxic moments in it and you know, some other things. And so it's like, when, I, when I'm saying yes to all of this stuff, I'm saying no to, to things that, you know, could add value back to me. And so when you start to grow and money starts coming in, you really got to look at what people's true intentions are around you, your agents, your family members, like everybody. And you got to reevaluate that roster every couple of years because it's like crabs in a bucket, man. It's like it's easy to get sucked into the victim like mentality or placing blame or, you know, hanging around the wrong people or just putting up with bullshit that you don't need to put up with. And so for me, I had to self assess myself honestly. And then I had to do that with other people, you know what I mean? And so it's tough, you know, when I've had to cut a lot of family off, I've had to cut for whatever reason, you know, and uh, other different people out of my life so I could hit my goals. And I feel like I kind of went through a little bit of that, you know, the last year or so where I plateaued a little bit, but I plateaued because I wasn't investing in myself and I was trying to make other people happy and I was losing myself by trying to, you know, help other people. And so I had to take a step back, take some time off, ask myself, why the fuck am I doing this? Because some people were like, damn, like you could probably retire out them, you're good. And it's like, I'm just getting started. I'm 42 years old. And yeah, I know, you know, I had gotten paid on whatever, 9,600 closings out of seven countries, but them other six countries, five countries really aren't going the way like the other two countries are for me. So I'm excited to take on the international growth of things and uh, learn the international game. But if, if, if you talk to anyone, you know, you're going to have parents die, parents get sick, cancer, heart attack, girlfriends, boyfriends, people die, all types of stuff. You know what I mean? But it's how you handle yourself and you react in those moments. And we all get down. We all kind of let depression set in. We all, you know, are human. Like 
where, yeah, I know like we're superstars or whatever, but I'm a human. I got insecurities too. I have feelings, you know, and I have good days and I have bad days. And how you manage those bad days, not your good days, because that's you're going to win anyways. It's how you manage your bad days is how you're going to make up, you know, and really be great, not just good. And for me, when I look at it, it's like I used to just push through the shit, like work ethic, work, work, work. But for me, I got to take time off and I come back that much stronger, that much faster. And so the key was being able to learn to take off when I needed to take care of my mental health and look around and self-assess everything. A lot of people don't take inventory of the actual people around them. They're just looking at their own business. No, 100%, man. And again, we covered a lot right there. And I think things that are really relevant, especially for high achievers, and there's definitely right. definitely some stuff that you know I think we're going through ourselves to where you know how do you manage your bad days? Like, like and we're gonna we'll, we'll dip in here a little bit more, and then we'll go go back on to some other things. But how do you manage your bad days? Obviously, taking care of your mental health, taking off when you recognize that you need it, and then recognizing like those or what's not serving you, and like how to like again take take audit your circle to say like, hey, they're not serving me; they're taking. Like manage your bad days and how do you audit your circle to cut what's not serving you? Yeah, that's a real good question, man. There's a lot to what you said right there because there's a lot to what I said to you. And I think there's phases of you know maturity that you go through that you get better at these things or you're willing to do these things. You know what I mean by that is I didn't always deal with my bad days good. Like, I mean, probably when you see me, I was still drinking, you know what I mean? And so I would drink to celebrate. I would drink if I'm having bad days, I'm drinking for, you know, birthday parties, I'm drinking just to drink, right? And so, you know, for me, if something starts showing up in your life, and it's not adding value, where it starts to, you know, be, you know, be a subtractor, or start getting in trouble or other things, you know, like where alcohol started to affect my personal life a little bit, I had to make some decisions, you know, so before I would go drink it off, blow some steam off party, you know, maybe go hang out with high school friends, just feel normal again, like where I don't have these expectations, I don't have this pressure, I don't have like, you know, everybody's like, what's the next move or what's next, you know, because we're blazing trails. And so for me, for whatever reason, when my dad passing away and just, you know, the person that I was dating at the time, you know, wanted me to quit drinking, and I never finished a hard 75. And I always got 74, 73 days, 69, 14 days. And I did it a lot. And that last time I committed to the hard 75 when I left Puerto Rico, when I was at Michael Reese's house and he was training for Ironman and I never drank again. And it's almost two years later. And that's been the biggest change for me is now I can like really process my feelings. I can process my emotions. I can take time and be patient with what other people want to rush in my life when it's like, I might not know your true intentions yet, or I might not know your character, or I need to see how you respond to things like when bullets fly or you get tested or business partners with finances and money or anything like that. And so you let enough time go by and you're not drinking and you're sober and you're like have clarity and you're focused, then you're going to be able to make better reads. And I'm not saying you got to quit drinking at all because I would I, I, I would bet all the money in my bank account, all my assets, everything that I would not be quitting drinking and almost two years in uh, to where I'm at right now. But to save my life, because I felt like that that's where it was when my mom being an alcoholic and my aunts being drug addicts and alcoholics and where I came from, it was like I was almost outwitting the devil. Like, yeah, I broke all of those curses and I came from nothing. I got the rags to riches story that everybody fucks with and they love, but I'm no better than them if I'm just going back down that trail of abuse and, you know, alcoholism. And then it's like, shit, I could lose my business. I could lose you know, my son, like all these different things that I had to like put real weight on that I never had to put weight on before. And then I had to ask like myself, are the people that's in my inner circle right now, are they trying to go where I'm trying to go? If not, get the fuck rid of them because we got shit to do. 
And most people can't get rid of people. Yeah. They collect people, yeah. collect staff, they collect agents. You know, they allow, you know, even people in their personal life to sag them down to low level mediocrity shit. And it's like, you got to kick that out of your life if you're going to operate like a Tim. Yeah. I've, I've actually been thinking about it too. It's like, it's been hitting me the last couple of days that misery doesn't love company. Mediocrity loves company. <laughs> And that so, is a fact. That yeah. is a fact. Yeah. Because then everybody can say we're doing close to the same shit and blame it on the market and then go drink all day or party your fuck off, man. Yeah, totally. Instead, instead of getting in the lab and doing the hard work. Like for me, I'm yeah. like getting in the lab right now. I feel like me getting hands on with my business, with making calls, conversion and leadership, everything across the board and set the tone for where we're going in the future. Cause this is a new world we're going into. Everything's changing at an alarming rate and the industry as well. And so if I'm not in the trenches, then those people to be like, oh, all you do is this or that, You, I would be out of touch then. And so I have to take my craft, and especially the technician side of my business, seriously. Yeah. Let, let's go there real quick because, again, we were talking about you being in the trenches. We're in real estate. Like this is real estate. We are – you know, you can, you can grow on to different levels of business, but at the end of the day, it's about – moving units, building teams that move units and closing. You know, you got paid on essentially 9,600 9, – uh, doors essentially last right. year. Right. What is, I mean, again, like, you know, we'll, we'll just say like, old school, new school, there's all, all different ways of, of jamming out business, lead genning, all that stuff. Like, where do you think the new market is going to go? To the top 10%, man. I think the industry yep. is you know, getting cut, cut down. And I think we're going back into, you know, 2010, 2009, 2011, 2012 times, which is brilliant because we had, you know, 300 signs in yards with nine homes pending. You know what I mean? And when I got in real estate, I couldn't give them away when I was setting appointments with a free hot cake or whatever, or a fruit cake, whatever. So I think, I think we're going, you know, back into, you know, a market that necessarily isn't skill based. It's just, you're going to have to get up and be really, really consistent. I think that you can build a skill in this market with it being a skill-based market as what people say. But I think this is, I think this is a time, you know, in our world where TikTok, everything is like tech driven. So everybody wants, everybody wants the easy button, turn on like a little light and we're going to go show a house or, you know, tech, tech isn't going to save you. So quit looking for bells and whistles and shit and get out here and talk to people. Like you have to talk to people, you know, I wouldn't probably do your podcast or whatever if I didn't, you know, meet you in that plane and have that conversation with you and build that relationship. Shit, that was like three years ago or something like that. And we kind of yep. stayed in touch and I followed you. And I know we're not in financial alignment or whatever, but we're, you know, we're on the same big, big fire. You know what I mean? And so being able to give back to somebody that I feel like is on the same mission as me and, and doing good, I want to help them people, not just the people I'm in financial alignment with. And so it, it boils down to, you know, it, it's like, it's just not all about money, man. Like, like yeah. people matter. Yeah, absolutely. People do. And that was hilarious meeting on the plane. Cause when we sat down, I was like, who is this? I, I know this dude. And then we realized we we're both at EXP. And then you're like, here's my dashboard, bro. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that dashboard, man. Here's my dashboard. Uh, yeah, bro. I mean, it was, uh, it was awesome though. I think the last report that came out, man, I'm ranked like 28th or 29th, you know, globally. And I'm attempting to get in the top 10. And so, you know, I look at it like, I kind of don't like, you know, the stats with some of that, man, because the revenue really matters. People just try to chop up how many agents you have or whatever. You can have 2,000 agents, but if they're not selling or moving units, you're not going to make any, you know, rev you're not making any team money, rev share, modern team money or anything. So, you know, I'd rather have 500 people, but they're 500 lions instead of, you know, 2,000 dogs. And so that's where 
quality matters, you know, I think in your marketing, I think in your messaging, your unique value proposition. And so with the bells and whistles and all this stuff that, you know, I was referencing, if you simplify communication and education and, you know, be consistent with the education on what's going on because things are changing, you're going to get attention. Like what you're doing now, you're educating, a, you know, obviously a different avatar. But I think the agent that does that, the best wins, not necessarily who has all the best tech and blah, blah, blah. It's like really, you know, who can simply educate the consumer consistently enough to build trust through video, you know, the written word, you know, because I think cold, I think calls are dying. Contact rates are dropping. You know, we're selling to a different generation than when you and I started, you know. And so we got to look at how they communicate and think about the love language and communicate with people the way that they want to be communicated with. And I think that for the most part, most agents, they got their one way of communicating. I'm good at social media. I'm good at cold calling. I'm good at internet leads. And I just think that you're going to have to take a step back and you're going to have to be good at communication across the board on the channels and the means of way they want to be communicated with, whether it's the written word, whether it's video, whether it's face to face, belly to belly, and really being a little more sensitive to that and making sure that you're an expert at all of those communication uh, channels and then being able to communicate with people the way that they want to be communicated with. For sure. Mastery. And that's, I, I think you exactly, you, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, I think a lot of people do their one thing and they're like, this is the one thing that I'm going to do, which is good to master that. But I still love like diving into cold calls and having agents cold call for the simple, again, skill of learning to talk to people. Because I think so many people can get wrapped up in just pushing a video out that, hey, well, what happens when they talk back to you? Yeah. So I'm 42. So the generation below me, mm -hmm. I don't know how old you are, Travis, but that's their biggest problem is they don't know how to effectively communicate with people when they're face to face with them or even over the phone. It's awkward a little bit for them, you know, because they're just used to text, email. It's like they have anxiety to get on the phone. They have anxiety to answer their phone. Like, damn, I got to talk to another human being. And so, I, you know, I like the model, you know, if you're taking a younger talent that don't have a lot of sales experience or background experience or life experience in sales or marketing and anything like that. And the best way to gain that experience is through talking to people. Have you ever seen that one YouTube clip? I, I was talking about this, I don't know, like a month ago on you know our call when I came back. The dude that's selling like that cleaner or whatever, like spraying it on him. And, oh, this black dude. Like, yeah. It's famous, right? Yeah. Like that dude was not a door-to-door -door sales guy. That dude was attempting to become a comedian. I think Jamie Foxx or somebody like that was his mentor. And they said, you need to go perform because you're horrible and talk to more people. Just like perform, perform, perform. And so he's like, well, what am I going to do this at? Stand-up comedy? No. He's like, go be a door-to-door -door salesperson and make it entertaining for what you're selling. And so I think when everybody's down on their self, the market, the consumer, you know, agents, whatever, whoever's making it fun and it looks like they're having fun and they're genuinely having fun and they're you know infusing some humor with it and like and something that's a tough conversation whether interest rates or inventory whatever it may be people are attracted to that you know and so inject a little bit of humor and so that guy was going door to door not necessarily to sell that cleaner but to get the skills he needed for his uh, acting or, you know, a stand-up comedian, you know, thing that he was really honing the skill set for. And I always just thought that that dude was like the best door-to-door -door sales guy. I was like, that dude's going to be rich, you know, one day or somebody else is going to hire him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I learned the story, when I learned the story behind it, that's brilliant because 
that dude is trying to become an actor. He is, you know, attempting to become a comedian. He got somebody like Jamie Foxx, like, go knock on doors, bro. And you need to, like, just perform, 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 perform. And so it's like that with the cold calling and so on and so forth. You need to talk to more people and get really good at your intro, structure of calls, answering ass, acknowledging ass, understanding what optimized closing formulas are, being able to make an offer, you know, actively listen, you know. You know, all that stuff, I think, uh, the, the lower generation is missing, but the older folks probably were saying that shit about us we were missing some so who knows you know what i mean <laughs> who knows those damn millennials dude which is funny because like i'm 36 now and it's like I'm, I'm, you're a millennial, you're a millennial. yes I'm, I'm the first i'm the first year millennial yes and that's what i mean I'm yeah. every time they're like oh those millennials are ruined i'm like bro like millennials are 40 now just so you know just so you, like right <laughs> for, for about, about to be 42 42 I'm the first year, I'm yeah the first year millennial so I'm like, millennials aren't ruining the country anymore, I guess, because, you know, we're actually... <laughs> no, it's the uh, Gen uh, X or whatever. What's right below us? Is it Gen Z? Gen Z? Gen X. It, it, Gen Z's ruining, not us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just blame it on the next one. I'm, I, I'm sorry for all my younger people messing, nah, around, messing around with you guys. And again, I think there's what? There's two generations that are technically adults now below us. There's one, there's Gen Z and another one. Mm. The one just below us, yeah, has like major communication effectively as a group, the data and statistics show. But then I think the one below that, they actually almost had like old older souls to where like they almost reverted opposite from what was kind of going on. Mm -hmm. I think they had a little bit of a better work ethic and stuff like that. So, well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, Skills-based market, I, I think we're going to phrase this or coin this as like, uh, it's a habit-based market. And I appreciate Bang, you. Bingo, 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 because you can <laughs> still build skills and survive. Yeah, totally. Because that's this is Thursday. Thursdays, if you don't know, is my podcast day. Like it's in stone. If you couldn't do it, my wife's going to be on it. Like I'm going to have a guest on Thursday. Like Thursdays are podcast days. Habit. Hey, when I, when I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. It's just hard to get a hold of me. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? like, it's like, I, I, you know, coming back to work, it was like, I couldn't work the way that I used to because, you know, I had to take care of stuff and then attempting to jump back in my business the way I was operating. It like, I was like, man, like I had to build it back up. Like you go, going back to the gym with weight on me or whatever. It was like, I could, can't maybe lift the same amount or run the same amount of cardio or, or whatever. And so, you know, I'm easing back into work right now. And so, but it's like, I know I tell people I'm going to do something. They can never get a hold of me again. It's like, I'm going to be there. It's like, and so I was going to be here for you, bro. I was going to leave you hanging. Appreciate it, man. I guess, you know, wh where are you headed? Like, again, you're in Toronto building building a, a massive business and team there. Where are you headed? You're just going to get into the international world a little bit. Like, what's what's the next yeah. step for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I met a guy at EXPCon helping open seven countries of the 22 that we're in, and he's in 21 markets of 22. He lives over in Italy. He is from the United States, you know, his wife, whatever they are doing over there. And so, you know, I'm looking to kind of, you know, work with this guy a little bit and see kind of what he has going on. And so not just, you know, attracting, uh, you know, like, I'm, I, you know, I own a, a team up here in Toronto and not just a network or whatever. So you know, getting into lead generation internationally and understanding like where the best spots are to be for, you know, like lead generation conversion, or if they're even going to close an MLS or in the system, because we know some countries, you know, have major issues that, that we, we still got to work through. And so, you know, as I'm building my international connections up, which I am, and a lot of it's come from Toronto because Toronto is a big hub. Uh, for the world. And so, you know, the relationships that I keep building here and developing of getting me into other, you know, other spots. And so I'm looking to spend some time. He's a, you know, a coach. He consults with EXP2 at a you know, team. And, you know, he, he seen one of my videos and ran into me. But, 
you know, I'm looking to kind of tap into other people that might not have numbers as big as me in EXP, but they're playing a game that I want to play. You know what I mean? And so I'm looking at the talent in EXP and who's who's playing the international game and I'm picking picking their brain and I'm like, do you want to barter, man? And they're like, dude, I can't believe you want to learn from me. And I'm like, you have what I have. And they're like, I, w- I want what you got. And so it's like, let's, let's just uh, help each other out. And so you know, as I'm getting bigger and looking around, it's not so much about the money, man. It's like, where can my quality of life get better? You know, it's like, you know, I'm just looking at life differently. You know what I mean? Like time is well to me, uh, not money. And so, you know, time well spent, time with my son. And then, you know, building this international team, you know, not just on the modern team aspect, but like what we're doing here. And it costs a lot of money and there's a lot of gambling that goes into it. And so, for me, I yawn in Wichita, like, you know, $200,000 houses. And so, you know, like things that we've already conquered and number one in Kansas for 10 years and did everything that we did. Yeah, I got things going on there, but I got great partners like Stephen Myers, like they went from 30 deals over 500, going to close 700 in like three years. Like he is the next Gerbic. He is the next Adam. Like, you know what I mean? In my market. And so I don't need, you know, I don't, it's like, I don't have anything else to prove, you know what I mean? And so, and I'm not really trying to necessarily make that much more money or that's what motivates me. You know, I'm looking at the bigger plays to do things that people haven't done before or where there's a huge opportunity to create major leverage in my life so I can get more time back to spend it with my son or whatever I want to do. Because a lot of people look at me like they love my work ethic and my hustle, but I don't want to hustle no more, man. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at strategically moving pieces around to actually build an empire, not just hustle through the day to say I made a bunch of money. I got to get up and do it again. Fuck that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm still building for sure. But I've been doing I've been doing this 12 years now and I'm I'm starting to just look at things differently. Like I've always been on crush mode, crush mode, crush mode as well. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's 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 a huge blessing that you're you're at a place where you're like, I'm going to do it different. Yeah. So Gerbic must have just hopped on here. He just hopped on our live. His ears must have been burning. (laughs) Talking about like how you're at a place that you've built up to where you can look at life differently get out of the grind, get out of the crush mode. And and that's an amazing place to be. So as we kind of wrap up, what's like the biggest pearl, if you were to leave like listeners, like, Hey, this is the one thing I'm going to tell you to do, like change my life. Like what would be that pearl for listeners? I didn't necessarily change my life, man. You got to go find a mentor. You know what I mean? You got to find, you know, somebody that has what you have, or, you know, they're on the same uh, journey as you, maybe a few miles ahead of you. And uh, a lot, there's a lot of ego in this space. And, you know, to be a good number one, you got to be a good number two. You know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, wherever you're at or whatever mergers go on, because I think this is going to force, you know, other partnerships. And, you know, it's, I wouldn't have met Gerbic if we didn't go through the last downturn. That's just a fact. I probably still would have been with Aflac selling insurance or whatever. And so what we're going through right now is going to force a lot of people to get better at a lot of things, but also work with people that they necessarily wouldn't have worked with before or merged in together or some type of acquisition got done. Not like we recruited them or whatever, because I don't look at it like I recruited Gerbic after he retired. I look at it like that dude changed my life. You know what I mean? It got me on the right path to you know, you know, keep me out of trouble. And it's still hard to keep me out of trouble at 41, 42 years old. And so I look at it like I wouldn't be where I'm at without a good mentor. You know what I mean? A good, not, not, not necessarily a good coach. Like he knows like my personal life, like he knows my business. He knows what makes me tick. He know he knows like my habits. And so really, I think having somebody like that in your life, and I'm, that's what I tend to do to the younger generation or the people I'm leading or whatever in my bubble as well. And so 
I just think you got to go find a good mentor, not a coach or a trainer or something like that. Get you a good like life mentor, man. It's like it can change your life if you guys are on the same mission together. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, cool, man. I think we're coming up to the end of the hour here, Mr. Adam Bailey. Thank you so much for your time, dude. I know you've got a lot of stuff going on there in Toronto. Uh, best of luck. And then we'll, we'll definitely loop back around. Again, we might have to cruise out to Wichita if you're ever actually back in Wichita. We might drive through. So just hit me up. So I mean, I know. Uh, I, I probably 50-50. So uh, check it. Check Or come visit me at the Lake House, man. I know you got a okay. Lake House too. You've sent me a site. I'll go out there, right? Uh, dude, I got a lot of respect for what you're doing, man. I love it. Uh, I, I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, let's catch up soon. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, bro. Talk to you later. Later. Later, bro. Enjoyed this episode of Coffee for Closers? Subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts. And follow Collab Agents on social at Collab Agents.